Everybody, what's up? How's it going? Everything is going great, man. What's going on? So, so I heard you were in the Puck Luck Laboratory <laughs> working on something special. Yes, I am. Well, well, it must be really special because it's not even something you're telling me, you sicko. <laughs> Listen, all will be revealed. Look this. The first, it's either my first or my second episode that something major could potentially be happening. So, I thank my producer for this. So, everything is on the hush-hush now. Very, very nice. When, when are we going to have her on to introduce her to the Puck Luck world? We will have her on sometime next week. Cool. She's she's better from the flu, and now we we were just working on the laboratory, and we got we got some big things planned. Buck luck is going to be big. And we also got a new listener too. So nice. And now we are about to have outraged Nick fan and <laughs> big big and better fan. and giant fan and Yankee fan and Madison and Ranger Miller. fan and Ranger fan. <laughs> And Madison Miller. So, Madison, how's it going? I'm good. How are you? I'm good, good. Hey, Madison, what's how's going good? on? Nothing. How are you doing tonight? I'm, I'm doing good. You know, just uh, my, my team is, is back on the winning track. But other than that, I'm good. All good. That's very good. Thank you. Thank you. Um... Would you like to start, bro, or do you want me to start? Uh, you can start your show. <laughs> what's, what's your take with all the things of the Knicks doing? Um, the Knicks, okay. So they bring in Leon Rose. I think they announced it today, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yes. Interesting hire. Um, I think that um, if the World Wide Web guy does indeed come, I think it's a bonus. Um, the agent strategy in the NBA has worked out as we see with Bob Myers in Golden State and Rob Polinka with the Lakers. Meanwhile, in baseball, in our very own town in New York, the Mets, um, our own city, I should say, with the Mets, Bernie Van Wagenen, that really has not worked out so far, but in basketball, it seems to be working on like baseball. So um, I think it's wait and see with this hire, and um, I'm very fascinated to see how this plays out and what moves they do. Madison, here's my as I am intrigued with the Leon Rose hire and if the wide West come, that just helps. My intriguing is who is he going to bring in to do the blunt work? Because he, he has no experience doing like the GM basketball head. If you look at Bob Myers, he, he was brought as the number two guy. He wasn't brought as the, as the number one guy. He's, Leon is just overseeing basketball operations. It's, 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 it's interesting to see who brings in his general manager, whether he takes Scott Perry, gets rid of Scott Perry, and he brings in somebody else. So who do you hearing would you prefer to, for Leon Rose to bring in to do the grow while he oversees everything? Hmm, it should be interesting. Um... I really am not sure who could possibly, like, come in and actually run the show, but I am, like, more intrigued for, like, the head coaching candidates, obviously. I do not think Mike Miller will be back and get the intern uh, thing removed. I'm more interested to see who he brings in as his coach because uh, 
I really had no clue who he'd bring in in terms of a basketball operation from that perspective. But in terms of coaching, uh, Mark Jackson and Jeff Van Gundy have ties them as well as Tom Thibodeau. And it would be kind of fun to see a Jeff Van Gundy-Nick reunion. But um, Mark Jackson, I kind of think, fits his team better. Like, this is a rebuild. And Mark Jackson helped accelerate the Golden State rebuild and um, helped develop Stephen Curry and Clay Thompson into the players who they are now. But in terms of, an, uh, like, a general manager or something, I think for now Scott Perry stays on, and then maybe eventually they bring somebody on, but I just um, really haven't gathered thoughts on, like, who exactly uh, they can bring in to uh, run, the, run the show. How happy were you when Mills got fired? I thought it was overdue. I certainly was not expecting it two days before the trading deadline. I was getting out of work and saw the news. I'm like, oh, wow. Um, this is a surprise, good, uh, good surprise, and I'm interested to see who they hire. And I was curious a little bit because I thought if they fired Mills, they would have fired Perry as well. But uh, Perry is obviously staying on as of right now. But, yeah, um I think this was overdue. Um, once they brought him back in 2013 to uh, be the general manager um, in the uh, head of the front office before they brought in Phil Jackson, ever since then, uh, the Knicks have had at least, I think it's seven straight losing seasons, and this year I think it's going to be eight. My math could be very wrong here, but um, they've had a losing season ever since Steve Mills was back in that front office. So, um Maybe uh, he's a little bit of poison, so uh, they get rid of him, and uh, I'm interested to see, like, um, I was interested to see what came next, and it ended up being uh, Leon Rose. I think the, um, in my personal dream, of the Knicks, you both long time. I think in my personal, personal dream, I would love to put the Messiah Jerry, but I'll do what I call Mills and um, 
I personally, like I said, I didn't think that that would be like the move after the sell the team chant. I thought he would have came out with a statement and say, I'm not selling, which he actually did in the statement of the other day when, uh, um, I know they made the roasting official today, but, um, the other day, um, it, when it wasn't a done deal, he came out and said, we are looking for uh, somebody to oversee our basketball operations. And, and he wrote something like, and no, I'm not selling or something like that. That made me crack up. And then, uh, he made, he made the comparison with, uh, John Davidson of the Rangers in terms of selling to uh, be the leader of the franchise, which is um, not an awful comparison because I think I'm a JD fan and I like what he's done with the Rangers, so I don't think that was a bad comparison for a film to make, honestly. And that Here's statement. Here's the thing, Master. See, I'm not a I'm a hockey fan. I'm not a Rangers fan by any stretch of imagination. I am a diehard New York Islanders fan, so I know mm. dysfunction. Yes, I am an Morris trade, 
if you look at it, it's actually not bad. They got the Clippers first round pick. They have rice to swap. They have white rice to swap with the Clippers in 2021, which I likely not going to happen. They got a prospect from the Wizards. They got the Wizards second round pick. They got the Clippers second round picks. So the Knicks have seven picks. So they have 12 picks in total in the next four years, seven of which are first round picks. That's a lot for a rebuilding team. And for a guy that's a rental. Yeah, I, yeah, the Mars trade, I think, uh, was a little bit of an overpay. And you could uh, thank the Wizards for that as well for jumping in as a third team because they threw in a promising uh, young point guard prospect in there. They, uh, I forget his name, but uh, it was a second round pick in 2018. Then they have. That second round pick, that Detroit pick that the Clippers got in the Blake Griffin trade, and then obviously the uh, 2020 first rounder, which is going to be in the 20s. Um, yep. It's not a great first round pick because the draft week, but it's still a first round pick. And then the uh, pick swap, don't forget, in 2021, which is un- an unlikely scenario. But here's the thing, though. Um, the Clippers would have to uh, trade that pick somewhere um, if uh, if the Knicks have a real chance to end up lobbing picks with, the, with that particular pick because the Clippers are obviously going to be very good. And here's the other problem. The Clippers can't trade that 2021 pick because they traded all their picks after that to Oklahoma City for Paul yes, George. Yeah, so they're stuck. They're stuck. The Clippers are a little bit stuck. But yeah, they're going for it though. They they have to win the win the title within the next couple of years. Because don't forget, Kawhi and Paul George are up after 2021. They're in that big free agent class with Giannis and Victor Oladipo, and I think mm-hmm. there's another big name in there as well. I'm blanking on who it is. Uh, oh, it's Davis if he opts Davis, in this year. Davis. It's Davis, Davis, if Davis opts in. He will be a free agent in 2021. Yeah, that's it. It's Davis. But I think he's going to opt out and resign with the Lakers this summer. Yeah. He's going to he's probably going to opt out and resign. If he opts in, he'll be part of that big region class with Giannis and Oladipo. And it, 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 it's fascinating because I think if the, if the Knicks play the cards right, and if they get it right this time, I think you, there, there are two trains of thought, Matt, and hear me out. You can hire small people who know the draft and you hire the coach and this way you can develop players, that's one route. Or the second player, you know that's in the NBA, there's always a disgruntled star. There's always a star on a team that, like, that wants to be traded because it always happens. That 99% chance always happens. And you can trade one of your asset picks to get them because the Knicks are loaded with ammunition to trade for picks. So you can always go that route. Yeah, exactly. Um, they're going to have competition for that. Don't forget the Oklahoma City Thunder have all those picks that they got from Houston and the Clippers, respectively, for for a Westbrook and uh, Paul George. And then they got a first-round pick in the trade that uh, sent Jeremy Grant to Denver. Denver gave them a first-round pick as well. So they have a, a, a collection of draft picks, too. So um, the Knicks have some competition here with all these draft picks to uh, possibly trade for a star. And Oklahoma City is interesting. They could pad the trade deadline. I thought that they were going to possibly both buy and sell, but they ended up standing pat. And I'd rather just see them be a buyer because they're 
in the playoff hunt. They're tied with the Mavericks for sixth in the West, so they're probably going to make the playoffs. So um, Oklahoma City, I think, is very interesting, too, in terms of their collection of uh, draft assets that they could potentially use to uh, acquire the disgruntled star. Yeah, yep, very interesting. Very interesting. It's going to be very interesting. And I got, and I want to switch gears to, um, to football. See, you and I are Giants fans. Like, Pujols is a diehard Cajun fan. He's a Cajun fan, but you and me are Giants fans. So I got to ask A, your thoughts on Joe Judge. B, your thoughts on Jason Garrett as the offensive coordinator, not necessarily the head coach. Joe Judge, I like the first thought on the hire was, oh my goodness, who the heck is this? And yep. then um, I and then I said, you know what, I'm going to uh, give it time and see how this works out. And he has to build a good staff. Jason Garrett as an offensive coordinator, I don't mind at all. He was a good offensive coordinator under Wade Phillips, and Wade Phillips was the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. So um, I'm interested to see how he would do. Um, developing or help develop Daniel Jones. Um, he certainly uh, got a lot out of Dak Prescott in Dallas. Oh, and, yeah. um, yes, he did. <laughs> I think that uh, he would do a good job as an offensive coordinator. Normally the, uh, the good coordinators are the ones that kind of fail at head coaching jobs when they're like sub 500. Like Pat Shermer, I think will do a good job with the Denver Broncos. But the difference between Shermer and Garrett is that Garrett was a much better coach than Shermer, but um, he wasn't. Garrett's not um, a horrible, horrible coach like Shermer was. He was just a below average coach with a lot of talent, and a lot of, and all the talent is what really helped Garrett um, look good as a head coach, in my opinion. And then, um, but him at a, as an offensive coordinator, I don't mind at all. I think that. Uh, He'll help develop uh, Daniel Jones a lot. And the Giants have a lot of cap space this free agency period, so don't forget about that. And I think they're under some pressure to uh, rebuild that defense a little bit, and maybe they can get themselves in position to uh, contend in the NFC with a couple moves. I mean, we saw San Francisco go from the number two pick in the draft to the Super Bowl. So switching um, moving up is not as hard as you think in the NFL. You are you need a couple, like, home run moves, like the 49ers. Obviously, the Garoppolo injury sent him back to the number two pick uh, back in the 2018-19 season, which led to pick Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa was a big help to that defense that took them to the Super Bowl. So, you never know in the NFL and uh, how quickly things can change. So, I'm interested to see what they do with their, uh, their cap space and agency, and obviously in the draft. Here's my scenario. We draft in Dockway. I'm sorry, Zendraft. We sign in Dockway, providing he's not franchise tagged by the draft. It looks like he will, but let's just say he isn't. We draft Simmons, and then in the second round, we draft a line, and then we draft a receiver later on. And then you build you build the free agency to, to, to improve the defense and the offense and a little bit of the offensive line. And you draft Simmons within Dockway, so you've got a versatile guy in Simmons from Clemson and then Dockway was a pass for a specialist. You put that in with, you know, with, with the revamped offensive line with decent weapons that you have with Slayton coming up, Slav Shepard, a decent receiver, Ingram, if he can just stay healthy and, and improving Daniel Jones' second year. 
then you have a makings of an interesting team going forward because Gelman's on the hot seat. He has to get it right. Absolutely, he is. I thought he would have been fired this year because um, I remember Mara and Tish were unhappy and then they decided to keep him and uh, they obviously did not. Mara's an owner. Um, yeah, you're right. Mara was more frustrated. Tish needs to be involved more, in my opinion. He just is in Hollywood doing his like pop culture stuff. But uh, he, I really think he more. should be... It makes more he should be more, yeah, exactly. He should be more involved with the team helping out John Mara. And I don't think John Mara's done a great job over these past couple of years. But, um, should, and I don't think Gelman's done the best job, although... Um, if Daniel Jones turns into a franchise quarterback, then people are going to be lauding Dave Gettleman, trust me. Uh, I will say this. If Daniel Jones becomes very, very good, then you can't really necessarily fire Gettleman because he's attached to the success of Daniel Jones. So if Daniel Jones goes from 4-12 and 12 to like 9-7 and seven and competing for a playoff spot, you can't get rid of Gettleman because... You'll have a winning record or a 500 record or a team that's competing for the playoff spot, and then Gelman's job is basically safe because the team is competing. I think the Giants have to show signs that they are competing. Like they have to make games in December meaningful. You can't go into a season and by and by mid October the people possibly cannot do that. Exactly. You want meaningful games in December. Even the Jets had some meaningful games in December this year, and then they ended up losing to Cincinnati. And that pretty much gave hope away. But the reason why the Jets would have been better than 7-9 as Sam Darnold not had motto, that's just my opinion. And I don't... I agree. Um, Sam Darnold, I think, um, has had some setbacks, obviously, with motto, and then he had an injury in his rookie season. So... Um, him versus Daniel Jones, I think, is another fun storyline going into uh, the 2020 football season from a local standpoint. And then um, and there's another um, thing that I want to bring up, but uh, I'll think of it. Right. Um, just to bring it up from earlier, the Knicks have six consecutive losing seasons. This year will be their seventh. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't sure uh, how many there. Thank you. No problem. Thanks, thanks, thanks for like. <laughs> I just thought I'd bring up a little joy in the room. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> a little, one last thing on football, then a little Yankees. What's your favorite moment of Eli? Besides the Super Bowl. Moment, besides the Super Bowl, hmm. My favorite Eli Manning moment that didn't involve the Super Bowl. That's a good one. Um. There's a lot of them that stand out from a regular season standpoint. I'm going to say, I know this is the year I'm referring to, um, but I remember one year uh, there in a vacuum sports game with uh, Colin Kaepernick and the Niners in a Sunday night football game, and um, Odell Beckham Jr. was hurt, and a lot of the other key wide receivers were hurt. Victor Cruz, I don't think Shepard was around yet, and he was throwing passes to um, Dwayne Harris as his lead receiver and Eli made a lot of uh, no names look good and that's what um, really made Eli um, underrated in my opinion and he led them to a win over the 49ers on Sunday Night Football. That was one of my favorite memories of Eli um, a depleted roster and him coming through. I think this was 2015 I want to say. And then another one 
I'm going to say um, going into Lambeau Field and knocking off Aaron Rodgers and the Packers back in 2011. I did not think the Giants were going to win that game. That was a great one. I thought they'd be competitive in that game against Green Bay and Lambeau, but I did not expect them to win outright, and they did, and I was so fired up. And my other favorite memory from that game alone is when Eli threw the Hail Mary to Hakeem Nix in the end zone. I oh, that was, was so great. fired up. That was beautiful. I know, that, that was a favorite uh, moment of mine from Eli. Before, before we switch gears to Yankees, um, I just want to say that I only have two perfect Eli moments. I think the first one, the first Eli moment, uh, actually, sorry, I lied, I got three. The first one was that comeback to the against Philadelphia in 2006 when they I were down. That. that one was great. The first Super Bowl that he beat the Patriots in with the David, with the, I had no idea. Because I, because I was in high school, I thought uh, Eli Sack, third and five game over, Patriots got the perfect season, it's whatever. He escapes that somehow, and then he falls like this in the middle of the field, like you, which you're not supposed to do, by the way. You can't throw in the middle of the damn field, and Kyrie made that catch, and then he made and then he made the fade to Plexico, winning his first Super Bowl against Brady. I like that, and I think that third is actually the one that happened this season. Even though Giants were, were a terrible team, the proper send-off he gave to Eli, his last game starting at MetLife Stadium. Wow. That, that, was, that was probably the one game that I actually rooted for Eli to win. Other than the Philly game, because I would have loved it if you see the UI beat the Eagles just one more time. Oh, me too, yeah. I would have loved uh, to see them beat the Eagles too, obviously. But uh, uh, that, that send-off was to me perfect at home against another bad team and the way that we send off the UI. And I, I think Giants fans are really going to miss Eli. I mean, I, I'm happy with Jones, don't get me wrong. I think the future is bright. I want to see his, his development going forward, but John Shannon's going to really miss Eli. I mean, the dependability, the, the way that he's going to be, the way that he comes to work every day, the fact that he is a gamer, he makes you like, he, he makes, he is more clutch in the postseason than his brother. His brother is the best regular season player that I've ever seen. But when it comes to the postseason, Eli is better than his brother. The numbers do not lie. I'm not saying that Eli is a better overall quarterback than Dave. I'm saying when it matters most in the postseason, winning time, there's very few quarterbacks I would take. You know, obviously Brady would be number one. There's no doubt about that. But Eli would be up there. I'm just saying. Eli would be up there. Obviously, I'm taking Brady every, every day of the week. But Eli, I would take Eli over his brother. And that's just a fact. Yeah, in terms of a postseason, absolutely. Yeah, um, future Hall of Famer Eli Manning, and he better get on the first ballot. Absolutely. Now we switch some gears to baseball. Obviously, we're all, all of us here are Yankee fans, and we are all getting ready for 2020 season, but we got some injury news with what happened to James Paxton. So he had to, he had surgery on his cyst, and he's going to be out approximately three to four months. His agent board said he's going to be back sooner, but we will see. So what was your thoughts when you had, when you heard about Paxton's injury for, first off, before we get to the other things happening in baseball? First off, the Paxton injury. Um, 
Um, the Paxton news, um, I was surprised about this. I think that the Yankees uh, probably should have done this after the season, but I understand why they weren't sure that the surgery was needed or not, so uh, they ended up doing it now. And the other thing is it's better now than during the season as well. Um, I think it's a big loss for the Yankees. Uh, I thought he was going to be their second-best pitcher coming into this season behind Garrett Cole because of how he finished last year. And he uh, pitched really well in the elimination game against the Astros in game five against Verlander at home, too. And um, I think that this is a pretty big loss for them. I don't think it's going to cost them a division title or a World Series title, obviously. Maybe, like, three or four regular season wins. That's it. Maybe my win total for them goes from, like, 106 to 103 or 102 with this injury. Because I think that their offense is good enough that can um, – that can match that fifth rotation spot sometimes if uh, the pitcher isn't pitching well, whether it's Jordan Montgomery or somebody like Michael King or Davey Garcia. There's a couple guys in play for this spot. Um, the Luizica, Jonathan Luizica. So um, I think that their offense can make up for uh, his absence a little bit. So um, I think it's a big loss, and I think that once he comes back, um, they'll be thrilled to have him back. But um, it's a, such a disappointment for Paxton and uh, his contract here as well. I agree. The other question is, you know, what, what do you think about this Mookie Betts trade fiasco? Because now apparently it was on and now it's off and now they got to redo that. So your thoughts on that? I think they'll eventually get it done. It's just the uh, medical um thing that's uh, holding this up. It's the medical for the Twins prospect that's going to Boston in the, in the deal. Um, I think that the Dodgers um, lineup is absolutely crazy loaded now. It's just as good, if not um, darn maybe even a little better than the Yankees in terms of a top-heavy standpoint. But the Yankees, I think, have more depth in their lineup, although the Dodgers' depth is pretty good as well. And um, so, great trade by the Dodgers. Everyone's saying this is a flat-out disastrous return for the Red Sox. I disagree with that narrative. I don't think it's a great return. I think it's a better return than given credit for. That's all. Alex Verdugo, I think, is a breakout candidate for this season oh, in baseball. Uh, yeah, I agree. And uh, I think that uh, uh, Gatorall is a nice, uh, promising young prospect. And uh, in terms of the twin side of the deal, kind of my um, I think that the Twins paid a steep price for a guy that um, is a number three starter and um, somebody that I'm not sure is going to have the same success he did with the Dodgers due to the uh, American League nationally switch. And in terms of that switch, I think it's going to benefit David Price going from the American League to the National League, even though the Yankees own him. I think that uh, going to the NL will really uh, help David Price and leaving the, the NL will hurt um, Maeda. I, I think yeah, I think it'll be better for Price because they never pitch something too and we'll probably get get pictures. And then Maeda is gonna have a good dynamic arm to the American League. So I think Maeda's decrease. This this is just a little. And also we also got the Houston Astros. You know, we, we do that. I have to, uh, about the Red Sox. <laughs> 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 your thoughts on the interview, all of your interview that AJ Hinch gave on the NLB Network. 
Um, I did not see the interview yet, but um, I heard bits and pieces of it from Twitter and from notifications on my phone. I think it's very fascinating, and uh, I give a lot of credit for t- to Tom Verducci for uh, doing this interview. Um, I, I think it was hard for Kinch to do it, and I think that uh, Verducci was the one that wanted to do it. And um, all the, from what I've heard, like him saying stuff for the uh, the interview to me is fascinating. And now uh, I think we know more about this than uh, we did uh, 24 hours ago, certainly. And uh, the Red Sox uh, uh, stuff is supposed to come out next week, according to uh, Rob Manfred. So I'm interested to see the penalty that Alex Cora and the Boston Red Sox get as well. I agree. It's. It should be interesting. It should be interesting to note that, um, you know, that when the when the Astros got punished, and now they're going to be labeled as cheaters. I still think the Astros are still a good team, regardless. I think they're going to still win over ninety five plus twelve They're still going to win their division with ease. Now, here's the better question: Is will they? Maybe will they have home field advantage in the American League? just like they did last year. That's the big question. Because I feel like, and this is my personal opinion, I feel like if the Yankees have the home field advantage, they would be, you know, they would have the obviously playing off the wild card winner, and they would be home in the championship series, and then Houston would come there instead of, like, the last few years where they had to, you know, had Houston have the home field advantage. Again, my personal opinion. Yeah, um, I'm not sure that the Astros are a lot to make the postseason. I think that this is going to oh. hang over them all season long. This reminds me a lot of the Saints in 2012 with Bounty Gate. I remember I didn't think that Bounty Gate was going to be a distraction for the Saints, and it did. And then they missed the playoffs without Sean Payton that year. It reminds me a lot of that. And then... Well, the Patriots overcame the Flake game, but they're the Patriots, and they have Brady and Belichick. So, so who would you I have? I think there's a chance that the Astros don't even make the postseason, and the athletics, in my opinion, are real. Um, because oh. I think um, an MVP candidate in Matt Chapman, I like their infield. Semyon's coming off a career year. I think he regresses a little bit, but still he's a, he really has established himself as a very good player in this league. Um Oakland has a good farm system that they can trade from. They have a, a good bullpen. They have arms in their rotation. That They have young prospects that they can throw in. So um, I'm very intrigued for Oakland this year. I think that's going to be a fun division race between them and the Astros. And I think the Angels and the Rangers are going to be um, competitive this season as well. That, that is a hot. That is scorching hot. That is so hot, it, it will never be cold. That is that is some that is some smoke. The A's, wow! It, it does remind me a little bit of, of, of Bounty Gate with the Saints. I mean, listen, we all can't be the page and overcome battle of the Slate Gate. I mean, they end up winning the Super Bowl with with regulation football. You know, we all can't be the page. The Slate Gate is not issue. Stop it. The, the, the point is, quiet, Patriot boy. The point is, is that. It's interesting, like, how you say the A's, because the A's are, I don't know, here's the thing with the A's, Madison, is like, I don't know what to make of the A's, I mean, I, again, they have a very good pitching, very good pitching.
Matt Chapman is the real deal. I mean, if you haven't heard of Matt Chapman, get used to it. He's one of the best third basemen in the American League by far. But do you like? Do you see? Do you really think that there's a potential that Houston could miss the playoffs, especially with how good Houston's lineup is? Because Houston's lineup is so is still very good, even though their pitching took a step back with the loss of Garrett Cole. Um, I think there's a chance because, like, like I said, I think the cheating thing's going to be hanging over their heads and opposing teams' media is going to be asking them about it every time they're on the road. Um, it's similar to when the Nationals um, – here's another good comparison. The Nationals missed the postseason in Bryce Harper's contract year, and part of that was because all the media was doing was asking Bryce Harper about Wade and see that hanged over their heads. Distractions hang over teams' heads. And I think that the distraction will linger over them. They'll linger over the Red Sox. And I thought if Beltron was still there, it would have linked over the Mets. But I think the distraction of the selling the team is what's going to hang over the Mets head more than the uh, Beltron and the cheating scandal thing. So uh, I'm a big believer in distractions and uh, how much that affects teams. So um, I won't be surprised if the Astros win the division and make the playoffs. But um, I, at the same time, I won't be surprised if it goes the other way and they win 84 games. Well, Madison, you are a betting lady. How much would you bet that the Astros will not make the playoffs? Um, how much? Um, hmm, that's a good question. Um, I I really don't know if I'm going to predict it yet. I just need to see um a couple like spring training, see how spring training goes, whether there's more injuries that happen and stuff. So just let me wait till after spring training to reveal that prediction because um uh, or to decide whether I'm going to pull the trigger or not because uh, you never know players can get hurt um if Matt Chapman gets hurt or one of the eight pitchers gets hurt then that obviously helps the Astros case. If another Astros if like if Altuve is out for three months due to an injury he suffered in spring training then guess what then I'm going to pull the trigger on the prediction so it's a wait and see prediction for me. Well, hey, when whenever you wait and see, I will bet you up to $150 that the Astros make the playoffs. I am that confident that the Astros will make the playoffs. They're, they they will probably win that division by at least six games. Wow, I think that you guys are underestimating Oakland a little bit, and uh, I think uh, underestimating very long, the loss of uh, they, they, they had the home wild card game. And the Rays treat, treated them like a little bitch. They did. The Rays, the Rays are another team that are still pretty good because, gee, and I, I and I want to, and I do want to talk about the Mets a little bit. A little bit. Um, obviously, we had the Steve Cohen trade. Obviously, sorry, the Steve Cohen sale is is kaput, and Man Manfred said that Cohen will probably. Not by another MLB team, and the Mets are still up for sale looking for a buyer. So, my question to you is A, for the Mets, what's going to happen with the Wilcox? And B, more importantly, and you said you've been on distraction, can the Mets actually but not think about this? Because the Mets on paper should be competitive in that division. I think that the Mets are going to be a good team this year. I think they're going to be um, either, uh, depending on injuries and whatnot, if all goes well, I think that they can win 90-plus in the division. If not, then it's going to be like 84 or whatever. But um, 
I think that a couple things need to go their way if they uh, want to make the playoffs. Like Edwin Diaz has to have a bounce back season. Robinson Cano has to stay healthy. Pete Alonso, I don't think will have the season he had last year, but he has to have at least a very good season, like a 35 home run type of year. Maybe 30 can cut it. Um, I think that uh, Alonso regresses, but other guys that um, uh, weren't that good last year uh, rejuvenate a little bit, like Robinson Cano and some other guys. Like what about I think McNeil? McNeil? McNeil, I think, regresses a little bit. But I still think that he's a good hitter. Um, I think that uh, people are overrating their lineup a little bit, although um, I think they have a good lineup. The strength of their team, let's face it, is their starting rotation, led by uh, Jacob DeGrom, who you could argue, along with Garrett Cole, is the best pitcher in baseball. And um, Noah Sendergaard, I think, is better than people give him credit for. Um, Then there's... uh, um, they have yes. Marcus Stroman, who they got at the deadline last year. I think he'll be good for them. Um, they also have Michael they Walker. Have Michael Walker and, and Rick Porcello. I think those guys are either going to pitch very well for them to the point that uh, they're key contributors to a playoff team or if they're a uh, not-so-good team that they can be trade assets at the trading deadline. They can flip those guys for something. And then don't forget about Stephen Matt. Who, oh, um, I forgot about Matt. He's somebody that has been up, way too up and down in the bullpen or in the rotation. He's like back and forth, but he's shown flashes of being a solid pitcher as well. So don't forget about And in terms of the Wilpon, I think that they're going to eventually sell. They said that they're looking for a new buyer, and I think that um this is going to get resolved potentially sooner than people think because uh, normally when somebody announces that they're for sale. This thing gets done in, uh, it takes a couple months, but um, it depends on, like, who's willing to uh, uh, pay the price. So I'm interested to see, like, who uh, can come in and uh, pay the price that they are looking for. So that's something to keep an eye on as well. I agree. Um, now, we'll get back to baseball in a quick minute. I, I, I want to talk about the one sport that people tend to not talk about. I'm a big, 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 big hockey fan. I, we, we just established I'm a big Islander fan. So I remember that we talked earlier before the season that you told me that the Islanders have a chance to miss the playoffs. Do you still feel that way, Moses? Or, oh, or, I, they'll miss yeah. the playoffs. Oh, you, you, I, I, was, you, I, I don't take the L on that one. Yeah? yeah. I, 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 I think... I, I badly overrated the Rangers and underrated the Islanders. I'll be the first to admit that because um, I think that uh, I thought that some guys from last year at the Islanders were going to regress, and I didn't think that Varlamov was going to be uh, an upgrade for you guys in net. That was my issue with the Islanders, but um, Barry Trott is the best coach in the league, I think. He gets a lot out of his guys, and... Um, they have a nice young core to build around. Um, the Ewing theory with John Tavares, if you don't know what the Ewing theory is, it's Bill Simmons' thing, um, where uh, you remove the best player from the team and they're immediately better. And the reason why he calls it the Ewing theory is because the Knicks made the 1999 finals when Patrick Ewing was injured. So that's why he calls it the Ewing theory. But yeah, the Ewing theory without John Tavares of the Islanders is real. And um, 
Obviously, it worked out for the Nationals with Bryce Harper. It um, worked out for the Eagles without Carson Wentz. And uh, it really should be renamed the, uh, the Bryce Harper theory, in my opinion, because the Nationals <laughs> got better without Bryce Harper. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, uh, but, yeah, the Islanders are very good. I think that um, if uh, they end up with the right matchups in the playoffs and then they can go on a run. Um, and I think that they have to make a move at the trade deadline, too. Um, I would like for them to go out and get a wing player that could really help Absolutely. their chances. And then um, it's interesting to see, like, who's available. Here's the thing, Matt, and um, and, I'll, but I'll, and, I'll, and I'll probably make my last hockey point for get back to baseball. Um, I, I'm a proponent. We just brought up Keeper Bellows, and if Keeper Bellows is anything like his father, he's a goal scorer. And I like that he's, a, he's on the third line. I need the Islanders to bring someone on the wing in the first or second line to pair with, Mark, with, with Matthew Barzell, because Barzell is our best player and he is dynamic. He's a restricted free agent. He ain't going nowhere. I would I would like for the Islanders to bring in probably Pat Show, um, or 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 any wing player that the Islanders can bring in to help with scoring because I I trust their defense. They have a deep, they have a very nice defensive system. But I really very good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They they they're like one of them top five in the league in fewest goals allowed. But I would really, really like for the Alvis to go after Pajot. I know. I, I think I, the Ottawa Center stink, but I really think like if you can get Pajot, you have some nice players in your minor league system. I get that people are, and uh, I speak to Islanders Twitter. They're like, oh my God, I don't want to give a first round pick. This draft class is really strong. Listen, you got to go for it, man. There's no guarantees. If you, if you like, if, and, and also turn around matchups, because I think if the Islanders match up with the Penguins, I think the Islanders can beat the Penguins again. I think, I think the Penguins. I think that I think the Penguins are a favorable matchup for them. I don't want them. I this is what this is what I fear, Madison. If the Islanders fall into that wild card spot and they play against the Capitals, they're going to lose in the first round. The Capitals are that team. The Capitals are really, really good. If they play Boston, they're going to lose in the first round. Boston is really, really good. I would like them to play against the, against the Penguins and then you take your chances with Washington in the second round. Because my feeling is as soon as they swept Pittsburgh and they had a long layoff waiting for Washington and Carolina last year, they lost because they were overrested and they underestimated how really good Carolina is. So I would like for the Islanders to play or play the Penguins. I think they could beat them again. They play very well against the Pittsburgh Penguins and then, and then they could probably make a run at my, and for my successful season, if the Islanders make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, I know it's going to be hard because the East is, is, is like it's a gauntlet. They make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, it's a, it's a successful season to be in my, my, in my book. I think if they make the second round, it's a successful season, considering that many folks thought that the Islanders were going to take a step back this season, like myself. Um, I know you demand more for the Islanders than I do, but um, I personally think that they at least have to make the second round again for it to be considered a good season because of, um, I think, preseason expectations uh, factor into this. But if they do make a trade for, like, a big-name wing player, then uh, I might adjust expectations for these are conference finals. So uh, in-season acquisitions, I think, uh, change expectations as well. So I'm fascinated to see, like, if Lou Amarillo uh, works some magic here and uh, 
improve the Islanders' chances of uh, getting to the Eastern Conference Finals. Yes, 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 yes. Now back to baseball. I know my co-host does not want to hear hockey talk, but damn it, I'm a hockey fan. That's why I got a hockey talk. Um, switching, going back to baseball, um, Derek Cole was obviously the biggest signing, and the only, the only, and I, and I hate nitpicking, and the only thing is, Will, do you think Derek Cole, just for the first five years, obviously the back end, that contract is going to be an albatross, but Will the first few years of Garrett Cole, will he live up to at least the first few years of that contract? I think it depends on uh, postseason success for uh, the Yankees. That's what it comes down to. If Garrett Cole is a part of a championship run or multiple championship runs, then it's a good signing. If not, then uh, it's not a good signing. If plus he has to obviously put up uh, the stats to uh, make the contract work it as well. It's a combination of both of those things, in my opinion. I agree. And who do you think is your breakout? I, I know you saw I said this on Twitter, but for our audience, who do you think is the who, who do you have as your breakout star for the Yankees? And who do you have the player that's going to regress? To tell my breakout, audience. my breakout star for the New York Yankees. I don't feel super about this one because I don't know how much playing time he'll get. But I'm going to say Mike Talkman. He showed a lot of uh, promise last year. He's somebody I was really down on the beginning of the season, and then he got hot for a month, and then uh, he showed quality defense in the outfield. I think that he'll play some left field this year, and then they're going to spot Gardner some starts, and I really think that he can get to the 20 home run plateau this season if uh, he gets the consistent playing time. In terms of player regression, this is obvious to me, and it's uh, Giovanni Urshela, and that's only because that he's coming off Absolutely. a career season. He's coming off a career season. I think he's going to fall somewhere in the middle of what he was before last season and last season. I think he's going to be somewhere in the middle of that. And um, if he's worse than that, then I won't be shocked if the Yankees go out and acquire Nolan Arenado or Chris Bryant's upgrade at third base. Your thoughts I think on John Carlos? And Carlos Stanton, I'm a bigger Stanton fan than most um I think that he should be the DH to start the season now that Edwin Encarnacion is no longer on the team. I think being the DH takes some pressure off of Stanton. And if he's healthy, I won't be surprised if he hits 30-plus home runs. I agree. I'm Aaron. Um, we, me and our calls, we talked about Aaron Judge. And people on Yankees Twitter, and I have to say this, every, if Aaron Judge strikes out or Aaron Judge like does a bad play, everyone... Yes, Aaron Judge has done it for the job, but if Stan does the exact same thing, everyone's ripping on him. My only issue with Aaron Judge, I don't hate Aaron Judge, I love Aaron Judge. I think Aaron Judge is going to be the face of Yankees. My only issue is health. That's my biggest-ish thing with Aaron Judge, is can he play at least over 120 to 150 games a season? Because, you know, I say that because, you know, off days and and whatnot with the analytics and telling you you got to have off days here and there. You know what I mean? But can he play at least a full season? He did it his rookie season, don't forget, um, where he had 50 plus home runs. And I think that's one of the biggest keys to the Yankees this season. Um, Aaron Judge is my favorite Yankees player um, in terms of position players. 
And um, yeah. I think that if he stays healthy this season, then he might come close to replicating that 50 home run uh, season that he had back in 2017. And if not, then it's probably going to be more like uh, 25 to 30 home runs hitting 270. Ah, I see, I see, I see. So, what would be what would be your uh, your projection your projection for the Yankees? Like, what do you think record wise? I know you the um, the Pat Yankees. Would you say uh, would you say the Yankees will still end up with the best record in the American League, or no? Yeah, absolutely. Even with the Pat's injury, I still think so because I think the American League is. Um, a little overrated because of all the bad teams in the league, like the Orioles and the Royals and the Tigers and the Mariners and the the Blue Jays are going to be better. They're certainly not as bad as oh, yeah. the first four teams I listed, but um, yeah. they're not that good in my opinion. Um, the Angels and the Rangers, I think, are a little mediocre. I think the Red Sox belong in that group of teams. Um, the Indians might not be that great. I think the Twins may regress. The White Sox, I think, are going to be better. But, yeah, like I said, the American League as a whole, I think, isn't as good as people think. So I think that the Yankees will probably be 100-plus. If I had to guess the number right now, I'm going to say 103, just like last season. Oh, so about the same. But yeah. This time having the best, but this time having the best record in the American League. I, 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 yeah. I, I would sign up for that. Now, if everything, now, your world's, this is too early. I call this the way too early predictions, meaning that what you project now, and what you project as the season goes on, and what you project going into the postseason. I always break it down to three. So right now, without even camps opening, your way too early predictions, are you projecting Yankees Dodgers World Series? Absolutely. Oh my God! Do you know how much revenue baseball is going to generate if it's Yankees versus Dodgers? I know. God, Fox would would be drooling over that. That is a rating spike. That is. I'm. I. I made a promise, and if I'm if I'm able to do this, you know, with with a few help of people, I would like. All, like if this would ever happen, if the Yankees and Dodgers ever play in the World Series this year, and if and and the people are can 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 do can do me a solid because I have friends that work in um in airlines and whatnot, I would love for all for, for I would love for we would go to the to, to the Dodgers side like we fly out to L A the Yankees Dodgers and then watch the and watch in, in the beautiful Chez Ravine in L A. That would be dope. Uh, one of them lost. I had the Mavericks minus three, 
in Washington against the Wizards, I lost courtesy of a Bradley Beal buzzer beater to oh, beat the God. Mavericks. And I talked about it minus three, thinking that Porzingis was going to come back and carry them to a win, along with Tomorrowway Jr. and uh, the rest of their role players. And then, um, so obviously, without Doncic, if Doncic was there, the Mavs would have been favored by like seven or eight. And then in college basketball, I'm watching the game right now on ESPN 2. I took Troy getting four points at home against South Alabama. I think South Alabama is a little bit overrated this season. Troy just picked off Georgia State recently. I think it was last Saturday. So I said, why not just take um, Troy getting points at home against a team that is worse than the team that they knocked off in they knocked them off in Georgia State on Saturday, so why not take them again at home against a team that's worse than Georgia State in South Alabama? So those are my best bets of the day. And I'll have best bets uh, for tomorrow in both college basketball and the NBA, and I'll probably tweet them out at some point before 12 o'clock. Noah Wallmaster, as always, you are lovely, you are awesome. You have an open invite to come off this podcast anytime. You are have great sports knowledge, and I've always enjoyed our. Intro. I I still have the whole. You still have to use. I'm glad you took the L on that island prediction. I'm very proud of you for getting your L. I, I'm, I'm proud of you for that. But um, but listen, I, I'm now just saying. I I we, we, we listen. We have been like Knicks fans. We have been beaten down. So the fact that we're actually successful, this is new to me. So I I need to have all this the success. <laughs> So, but again, thank you so much for coming on. You are a delight. Me and my co-host love you, and we love your interactions. You have a absolutely here any anytime. We'll definitely have you on real soon to talk more, especially with March Madness coming on. I definitely need you to come on. Do you think it'd be what are you having for your March Madness predictions? Absolutely, can't wait for March Madness. Thanks for having me on tonight. Yes, no problem. Take it easy. All right, you too. <laughs> and that was the lovely Madison Miller. Um, she always does great work on Twitter. I'm glad she's back on Twitter. And the Rangers lost three to two. At one point, it was three nothing with six minutes left. They scored two goals in like a minute and like forty second time span, but. W- with with nine point something minutes left, the Sabres had them in the corner and they they weren't trying to get the puck. Like they were just trying no. to beat the living shit out of the Rangers and that's kinda that's, soft. Like hey. That's smart hockey. That's smart hockey. That's what you that's what you gotta do. That, do that that's called being a little every, bitch. Every hockey team does that. You kidding me? Every hockey team does well, that. Well that's why hockey don't get talked about on this podcast. And that's why I have a hockey podcast, you jerk. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but, uh, but, but, yeah, but, like, but, like, it's, if, 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 and my, and my, my producer just texts me. So, guys, I got some news to tell y'all. Ooh. So, I got some news to tell you. So, we have not confirmed this. Because we're still working on the details, so this is big. So normally, normally, we on my first couple, my debut episode, we're not gonna have anyone to play. But this, we're 
established writer, Arthur Staple, in my hockey podcast on either the first or the second episode of Puck Luck to discuss the Islanders after the trade deadline and going forward. And we're also going to have one of the developers for who is helping building Belmont on. So this is big, big news for me and my podcast. Nice. This, this is big. Because right now what's going on is I don't think Belmont is being built. So what better chance to talk to the person who is helping with the building of Belmont? Because right now they're doing, they're doing they're building the new arena for the open years. So this is really big for me, and I'm very excited to have that. And then Kristen is going to let me know when she can come on next week. So we will, because she is part of the Pacquiao family, and we're going to welcome her with open arms, even though she's a Bruins fan, but that's not the here nor there. That... That makes her a great person. Anytime I meet a member of the Boston fan family, I I think she's wonderful. So I already like her. Kristen, you are a treasure. You're also a Patriot fan too. There you go. That's why she's part of the Boston fandom family. She is a great woman and we love women in sports. Always use that hashtag women in sports. And Kristen, you are a treasure. I hope... The Bruins get brought up as much as I show. And, and, you can do it too, because you are the producer. So, if you want, you can say, hey, James, shut up. Let me talk to the Bruins. And James will be like, yes, ma'am. This is, this is not how I want my podcast started. <laughs> but, but, uh, yeah, this, this is some major news. So, we're working on the details. We're hopefully to have this soon. So, for all you Islanders fans, get ready. Also, um, it is confirmed next month, we, um, Puck Luck Kim will be on Puck Luck. So, nice. So, that is a confirm. Um, we, like, Kim is also going to be talking about her recent trip because Kim was recently in Carolina for the Islanders Hurricanes game. Oh, nice. So take off her experiences. Also, her favorite player, Robin Leonard, got a tattoo on Long Island. Oh, and shit. a couple of Rangers, um, a couple of Rangers fans were being douches to her, and I had to step in and you know defend her because I don't like anyone disrespecting a fellow Islander. So you know, you Rangers Absolutely. fans can screw off. Um, who 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 hooked up Art Staple? Was it her or was it you? Then you should give her an extra ten dollars for doing that. That I already, I already took care of that. Good man. See, this is why my co-host is a great guy. Listen, listen. This is this is all for the show, and it is not easy, but. We do it, we do it, as we do it, because you know why? We do it because we love, we love this. And Puck Luck is something special to me. It is something that I love. My co-host tells, I always told my co-host that how much I love hockey. Hockey never gets talked about. So this podcast is strictly for the hockey fans. So remember, February 25th, get your popcorn ready, because... This is only getting started. 
And also those pseudo guys, just because I just, and also as I promised my co-host, when I come back from my trip from Florida, um, sometime either the following Saturday or whenever, I will be, t- I will be treating my co-host to a lovely steak dinner because I lost the steak watch by one game thanks to Russell Wilson. So, Little old me, I forgot all about Steak Watch. What a good I, man you are, sir. Uh, listen, uh, listen, I'm listen. I I don't. I feel bad for for not paying that, so I'm going to do that when I come back from Florida. Because I figure, you know, if it's the other way around, you would do the same for me. If it was the other way around, you would have had your steak a month ago. Mr. 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 Thirteen hundred dollars. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! It was a good day for me today. <laughs> Thank you, Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> I I hope that thirteen dollars disappeared. I hope you got jacked by a big six foot six man named Thor, and he just <laughs> took all your money and watched you cry like a little girl. Baby, all I know is that. Patriots fans are have not accepted the greatness of Patrick Mahomes. It's not And and sir, Mister Thinking, I wouldn't see the tweet, Mister Asshole, from some loser, Kelvin Boylard. Tom Brady fans won't admit Patrick Mahomes is already letting their quarterback. You have the audacity to retweet and say. I know a certain Pats fan that won't. You are a piece of work. Alright? You are a piece of work. And and I want to say a congratulations tweet. There was a tattoo... No, no. Piercing parlor. It was a piercing or a tattoo parlor that turned down Brittany Matthews today. Just because she had alcohol on her breath. You, sir, are my... Hero. Now, you'll probably get a lot of bad business coming your way because her sycophants will, you know, come after you. But I'm glad you turned it down. You don't want that trash in your environment. You don't want that trash making TikTok videos at your establishment. You don't want that. So thank you, sir, for turning that fame whore down. I I don't know. You're, you're such a bad guy. But I I, I am a great guy, sir. How dare you? I I am a star at getting guests, just like just like your producer, Kristen. We we get guests. We are we are the guesties. I it is very cool that what Kristen did and the fact that I get to talk to a guy who covers the New York Islanders and talk to a guy who's working on the Belmont development is actually pretty cool. So I, I, I am very intrigued. And also, also though too though, it is worth knowing that the trade deadline for the NHL is in eight days from now. Now I got a question. Maybe this is something you'll know. The hockey season starts before the basketball season. Why the hell does the basketball season trade deadline come before the hockey deadline? Because the hockey, you can actually, 
actually thank Gary Bettman for that. Um, the reason being is because Gary Bettman thinks it'll be cool to make it later in the season so that teams can have an establishment of where they are. I think that's stupid. I've always hated it. I, I've always been a proponent of after the All-Star break or even before the all this is what I've always said, and maybe, and I know you'll probably get where I'm coming from, if you're going to have a trade deadline, I mean, obviously, I would prefer it after the All-Star break, but literally have it maybe like a day or two after, so that this way, like, while it's like, while you have like a break, while like every team has like a break, because every team has like a, a break after the All-Star break, every single team. And now what they're implementing is buys, so I think that you should have it after the All-Star break for at least a day or two after so the teams can know where they are and do it. I don't know why they don't do it. I think Batman wants to do it to make it later so this way he says he, it brings more civil, which I think is stupid. So that's kind of why, why the NHL is where it is. And that's why no one really gives a shit about the NHL because Gary Batman has not done anything to make it exciting. Except for the all-star room competition, those are pretty cool. Then why is he still the commissioner? He's been the commissioner for a billion years. The reason why Gary Bettman's been the commissioner is because A, the owners still pocket off of him, so they don't have to move. And B, importantly, there's no one that, like, they have a deputy commissioner, and he just does not, he's just never there. He's there, but he's just whatever. I think it's because the owners like him and he's, he's cool with them and the owners don't want to vote him out. I mean, the players hate him, the fans hate him, but the, it, the owners like him. So, that's why. Damn. Yeah. You have to understand, the only way that it goes out is that the owners approve. Remember, commissioners work for the owners. And the commissioner loves the if the owners love the commissioner, he's not going anywhere. Remember, Gary Bettman used to work under then owner then commissioner David Stern before he took the position at the NHL, so Yeah, and a quick little thing. On February twenty fourth, they're gonna have a kind of a remembrance for Gigi Bryant. And Kobe Bryant, Vanessa Bryant went to Instagram today and showed pictures of her jersey being framed and her whole team spoke. I thought it was pretty interesting. Uh, Kobe's helicopter, there was nothing internally wrong with the helicopter. So we'll just have to go on the theory of they had no business flying until other things come out. Uh, we're getting closer and closer to spring training. Julian goes to Florida next week. Uh, obviously, you follow him a couple days later. Are are you psyched? Did you get your flight yet? Did you get the hotel? Or are you going to wait till the last minute like a lazy person? Nah, that's care of as we speak. So it's going to be done by the week before the weekend's over. So, so, so how much of that 1300 do you still have right now? Actually, I use my paycheck for the hotel. I still have a thirteen hundred. <laughs> oh shit! Look at you. Did you did you roll did you roll around in that filthy dirty money? Oh, that 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 money. 
my head right now. That probably even smells good. How many times have you uh, cried, you sicko? Um, what, what, what comes after seven? Oh my god. <laughs> ah, it is, um, oh my god, that's nine. Oh, it's so beautiful. <laughs> but, uh, yes, I'm, I, I'm a sicko fan, so... If, if you kissed any part of that money, I I hope you punch yourself in the face. Relax. Well, I don't know if you're crying over money. Oh. No, what I did was I I weeped. Oh I my weeped. god! It is, it is I weeped and how much that thirteen hundred is. I oh my god! I was very nervous though because in the city, in the big bad city where where I was there, I had to go I had to go over to the um had to go over to the Meadowlands. So I had to love the city, took the train all the way to the Meadowlands, got got the money, then took the train back home to to, to my underscore location. Uh, it, it, it was beautiful. It was a it was a great day. It, it was a beautiful, beautiful day. Hotel is being finalized, so it is all going to be all taken care of with my paycheck money, and then I can use the thirteen hundred for Well, I I hope that thirteen hundred just mysteriously disappears, and you'll be able to say. I would have gotten away with it if it wasn't for my damn co-host. Why, why, why do you want me to lose Thursday? Do you know how beautiful 1300 is? Do you not know how much I thank Patrick Mahomes? Yeah, it's basically 13 Ben Franklin's. I get it. You got $1,300 because Kyle Shanahan's an idiot. I get it. I get it. You're a little happy right now. You're You're a little happy. And I also think it's bullshit. I think it's horrible that you got the full thirteen hundred. You should have only got like seven hundred dollars. You should have had to pay taxes. So obviously you're doing something illegal there, buddy. I don't know what you're talking about. I, I did everything fairly. Oh, oh, oh I'm sure you did. I'm I'm, I'm sure everything everything was on the up and up. Listen, listen. Everything was dot the i's and cross the t's, and that's why I'm counting thirteen hundred. So, <laughs> listen, I, for all things, don't you know, I love betting, and I've won more than I've lost. You are a betaholic. You like, probably I bet like, more than Madison. Nah, I'm, I'm probably closer to the Anita Marks territory than I am the Madison territory, so... I mean, I mean, I, I, it's funny because I spoke to Anita Marks about this, about my betting, and I told her, like, I should really stop. Because I'm becoming a gender, degenerate gambler, and she said, no, keep going, cares. Like, I, she's like, I just blew a couple of bucks, too. So, obviously, Anita does not care, and she said, just keep going, who cares? So, I will obviously meet up on Sunday about my winnings for the Kansas City Chiefs when she bet the 49ers so she's not going to be she's going to be pretty angry on Sunday you want to know who also bets a lot TW he likes to bet too and he and I'm sure he bet the 49ers 
don't Alex. know. He Alex he lost he lost a lot of money. He told me on the Patriots against the Titans. Oh, I did not, I did not touch that Patriots. See that game, I didn't touch because it's you know what it is that I'm not used to seeing the Patriots in the last of games, so I don't like that. So I'm like, mm, like, uh, so. But either way, I'm just very happy that. As I'm weeping in this morning, oh, I'm so good. It's, it's you can be so annoying sometimes. <laughs> Look, I'm a, I'm a great guy. I think everyone knows I'm a great guy. I mean, you're I'm okay. A human. I'm a fantastic human being. You're okay. But, uh, but I do have to address something serious that I. I, I think this needs to be addressed here, and Go ahead. This, is, this, this, this is something I'm not a fan of. See, Twitter is a place for people to do whatever the hell they want. I I have never, ever, 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 ever heard of someone saying that they're the king of Twitter, or they're like, I, I'm not a fan of that shit. And this is one of the things I hate, I really, really don't like about it. Twitter and I, and I've seen it. I have. I don't really comment it a lot because I tend to like ignore most of the shit that I see. But why are people chasing clout? So like, who is who is the king of Yankee Twitter? Who do you think? Frankie. Who do you, yep. What so, did he say? It is apparently. Apparently, um, people like apparently Jake and and not 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 Greg, a different Greg. I think it's Greg Blass. Um, not 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 the other Greg, a different Greg. I think apparently they were calling, they were getting at him because apparently like they were getting at him and his girlfriend for having like a fake job or something. I don't know. I didn't, again, I didn't follow it, so I'm not 100 percent sure. But he, but him and Jose were calling them out, and then this Mina girl was 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 instigating it too. So you had them instigating and getting at them, and the entire thread was about them, and it was going like back and forth to like a point where Greg had to block them, and and Gavin got in there, and then Gavin was also get, was was got at by Frankie and Jose. And Nina too, so it's like every so it's like basically saying Frankie being a tough guy, saying like you know drop your pin, come see me, and then go to Twitter, tribal girls that want to be with you to to all of them. I'm just like wow, that is um. That's well, well, well. Apparently, apparently because all those girls like work for Kaiser PR Media, and like a month ago. Or like maybe like five or six weeks ago, I I saw someone put up a screenshot of them looking that up, and apparently it's something he says Frankie set up. Like apparently it's not a real company. Um, that's that's just from memory. Uh, for for all we know, him and Charlotte aren't really dating. It's just possibly you know a. A relationship that they're cooping up just to be on Twitter. To me, wh- whether they are or not together, I couldn't care. If they are, let the guy be happy. 
I I think he deserves that. Um, everyone deserves that person that you know cares cares about them. As as far as this king shit, this is social media. No one is the king of anybody. No one is the king of anything on Twitter. And this is not me calling anybody out. I do not give a fuck. There's only a few select people I give a fuck about on Twitter. And you're one of them. Um, But no one is the king or queen on Twitter. This is not high school to where you got to be nominated for a king queen at, at homecoming or, or the prom, okay? It's just not happening. So, obviously, the two people that will never be apart is Jose and Frankie. And, and that's cool. Everyone deserves a really good friend. I think that's great. So, obviously, Jose will always have Frankie's back and Frankie will always have Jose, Jose's back. Just like me and you. Just like uh-huh. me, you, Julian, and Bobby, TW, Brian. Everybody has that subgroup of friends. But when you have to... See... It's, it's different if you tell people to come into a conversation, if it's about someone being sexist, or if it's about something, someone being racist, or anything disrespectful. But if people have to have people's back over stuff like this, like, what are we doing here? Again, at the end of the day, it's their Twitter account. They can choose what to tweet about. They can choose what to BS about. But Absolutely. when they say they're not bullies, I mean, do you really believe that? Do you really believe that? I don't. I think if you truly think about it and just look deep down and, and, and maybe they just don't care. That's probably why they constantly do it. But even back to that whole stupid black and white thing, he could say. He wasn't trying to force people into it, but he was. He was antagonizing people for not doing it. And if it truly was about everyone coming together, then why would you care if nobody wants to do what you want them to? It shouldn't bother you. No one can, no one can say you're not a Yankee fan. Now, the, on, the only reason why we were a part of that stupid black and white thing, because so someone put the Yankee logo with 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 the old one with the hat, so I thought that looked really nice. But it wasn't it wasn't for him. It wasn't to be a part of the exclusive club. And I'm also glad you brought it up. And it just reminded me of this: these elite, the Yankee Twitter elite, the elite accounts, the oh, lists. Oh. The list. Yes, They're so stupid. And and people and people are gonna say, I hate it because I was never on one. I was on a bunch of them when Frankie followed me and Jose followed me and all of them followed me. I was on a bunch of them. Okay? A bunch of them. And I didn't care then. It clogs up the notifications because everybody says thank you. Oh, thank you for thinking of me. Thank you, thank you. You're so great. They sent a billion stupid gifts. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You know what it is, man? It's going for follows. And it's going for stuff stuff to clog up your timeline. And then because when you, when you go a while without checking your timeline and you got a billion notifications, it goes show more. 
So, 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 so you have to press show more constantly. Then it goes down and 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 down. And it's just annoying. Like, people have lives, man. People have jobs. I don't know how everybody can be on Twitter 24-7, man. And none of you are millionaires. So what are you doing on Twitter 24-7? I don't understand. I don't get it. None of you have jobs that... Uh, unless you're unless you're hustling or working in the city like like I am, like none none of y'all have that luxury. <laughs> and I don't care what people tweet, and I don't care who y'all do. Like I like if Frankie is dating Sean and he's happy, so be it. Man, if you were dating somebody from Yankees Twitter, I would support you one thousand percent. I want everyone to be happy with. Anyone who they I support people's happiness. No one should ever put people down for being happy. If you do that, you're a jerk. I I I thousand percent support other people's happiness. And but what I don't like is people calling people out for what like you know. I think and then from what from what I was told is that from what I was told because Matt that's completely. Matt, Matt got called out for liking a tweet that went against Frankie, and then Frankie got upset and saying, Come see me, we should handle this in person. That's it's like, embarrassing. It, 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 it's kind of like, it's kind of like you're, you're, you're looking to fight someone. Like, we can sell this in person. It's like you're, you're looking for a fight. It kind of looks like that. It kind of looks like you're looking for a fight. And look, I, I was, I'm not trying to get on anyone's bad side. I'm just calling you out to see it. Oh my God, James! Don't go against Tiki Twitter because if you go against Tiki Twitter, they won't listen to Puck Luck. Oh my God, James! Yeah, I, I'm, I'm gonna be very. I'm still driving Puck Luck whether y'all like it or not. But um, <laughs> but like, look, like, like it's funny. It's funny because, like I said, like I know for a fact that you're gonna listen to Puck Luck. I know. say that that's what a snitch would do a lot of people say that's what a rat would do but hey 
I'll say anything to you in front of your face too. I'll call you a bitch. I'll call you a pussy. None of you, none of you are going to hit me. None of you. None of you are going to hit me. None of you. Not one of you will hit me. Not one of you. I, I could stand in a megaphone in front of 50, 60 people. Not one of you will hit me. And if you do, cool for me. There you go. Not, not only will I do that, not, not only will I get to see you in pretty silver bracelets, I'll get your money. Yo, I can be going to Yankee games this year, and Yankees hit a home run, because y'all don't know me, y'all probably dap me up. Now, of course, of course I wouldn't participate in that because, you know, I wouldn't know what y'all look like. <laughs> but, but there's, there's only a few people that actually know what I look like. And these are people I trust, so obviously if any of you figure out my identity, I'll know who it is. But I know I'm not going to have to worry about that because the people that have seen me, I trust y'all 100%. Y'all know who y'all are. Y'all know who y'all are. They know who they are. So all I can tell you is that, and, I, and I'll wrap it up by saying this, and it's just not to, I'm not in here to engage in fighting. I'm not here to engage in name calling. I'm not here to start war. I, I, I had taken the liberties of just really like sidestepping the drama that I see like every day caused by the same people that started up. And I've said this, I've sidestepped this because at the end of the day, and I do give Julian a shout out for always like shouting us out. So I do appreciate Julian's that. Great. So, so Julian, you're a great guy, Bobby. You're a great guy, even though the football team is for trash. Excuse you? But anyways, getting to my point, like, the, the drama is caused by the same people. And, and I'm going to say this, and as I, and it's funny because this, this girl told me to go, that want me to go kill myself because I told her she's being a perpetual child. Wait, 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 whoa, 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 whoa. Who said what to yeah. you? This girl, Alexa, I posted this on my Twitter the other day. Me to go, to go whoa, 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 how, how, how did I miss, see, this is what happens when you work, when you actually have a job, you miss stuff like this, what happened? I have a job too, sir, okay, so, Alexa was a girl that I used to go on a date with, this, this I, I would call this one, um, this was a way more, a little bit more recent, but this was, 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 was that the DM tweet I saw you put? Yeah, that was a DM tweet. So, this girl, this was a little bit more recent. So, I thought I'd gotten over the, the crazy, the crazy girls. But this one was on a whole nother level. See, I said that this thing wasn't working out. I wasn't feeling it. And you gave me, gave me some bad vibes. I want to go to the village. Jesus Christ. So, and then I, I laughed and I said, like, these are the type of women you need to stay away from. These 
what? These are the women that you definitely not, should really avoid at all costs. no one needs to deal with it, Pritchard stuff. And then Nina comments like, this is like, you shirt every single girl fan, you know. Trying, you know, and you know what it is, like she's trying to draw me into the bait of response. You know, she's trying to draw me into the bait. She's trying to, like, you know, get me to engage. So I sidestep that because I know what that's going to lead to. So anyone that's trying to come at, trying to come at me, trying to stop your drama, you're trying. I'm not engaging. So good luck trying to get at me, Twitter, because you're not going to get it. I shy though. And y'all going to defend her? Because someone like me, someone leave it at that. Wow, that's 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 just crazy. Damn. But you ain't shit, man. The hoes and tricks. <laughs> and they say men ain't shit. <laughs> men ain't. Yeah, where's Joey when you need him? <laughs> men ain't. Men. <laughs> Yo. Hashtag. Twitter ain't shit. Twitter ain't shit, but uh, we definitely—I—I I enjoyed today's episode. I really did, especially with the great Madison. And you know, I had to get—I had to get her with that L, with, with that Islanders missing the playoffs stuff. I had to get her because I remember. Well, we all know, we all know the Islanders are not going to win and hoist Lord Stanley's Cup, so they're it's not, okay. They're not. They're not. No, 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 they're, they're all right. So I, I, I so I, I wouldn't get too braggy about that, sir. They're not the Islanders are not the capital, the capital. They're not the Bruins. They're they're not that good. They, they, they're, they're missing an elite defenseman, and they're missing a, a goal score for me to say this team is going to be a Stanley Cup. And I'm going to be honest, as much as I love ragging on John Tavares, if the Islanders had Tavares, this team right now. They would be in contention for the Stanley Cup. That I promise. If that's how good. If right now, if right now, God said, "Hey James, maybe, maybe you lose that thirteen hundred dollars, but when you wake up tomorrow, we can fast forward to the end of the hockey season, and the Islanders will be Stanley Cup champions." What What would you say? Even if that meant, even if that meant you couldn't go to spring training, that's fine. I, I would, but look, I love. This is a once in a lifetime. I mean, I know this. It happens once a year. How often am I going to the album for the Stanley Cup? Those things come few and far between. So, if losing the thirteen hundred means. I wake up, I fast forward to June, and I and I hear Chris King, Chris King, the radio voice for the Alvis, by the way. You can hear on at 10.50 a.m. ESPN radio, by the way, cheap plug. So <laughs> if, I, if I wake up knowing that Chris King is calling and Greg Picker saying, the Alvis win, the family cup. He actually sounds like that, by the way. Um, I would actually be happy because I would cry I never seen the Islanders win a cup in my lifetime. It would be worth it. Would I be mad? I'm actually losing thirteen hundred dollars. Hell yeah! Who? Like I hate losing free money. I'd be angry. But if I wake up tomorrow knowing that the Islanders 
and you guarantee me that the Islanders win their fifth cup, I, I will be happy. I like it. A man would give away, a man would lose $1,300 for his team to win champion. That is the sign of a real fan. Um, We will be back at it better than ever tomorrow. There's actually a lot of topics that we didn't discuss today, but it, it not that it's late. It's just that, you know, we got to prepare for the next day. And we'll see, we'll see you all guys tomorrow. See y'all tomorrow, guys, in the light of words of Bill, in the words of Bill, life is a series of lows and divides. I'm afraid I'm to say goodbye. See you tomorrow, guys. <laughs>